All right. Welcome back. And here we go. Episode 32 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. It has been a while. We, we took a break on purpose. It was the holidays. We figured everybody was going to be hanging out with their families, enjoying the holidays. I know we were. We figured nobody would want to be listening to, uh, to us ramble on about sports. So we decided to enjoy the holidays. And we hope you all did too. Merry Christmas, late Christmas, and Happy New Year and Happy New Decade, which is going to be a big part of the show today. Sam, it's been a while. I know you and I saw each other over break, but enlighten the people. How have you been? Yeah, Happy New Year's, Jason. Happy New Year's, everyone. Hope uh, 2020 is uh, just where you guys were hoping it would be. I know it has been for me so far. It's been pretty pretty swell. Um, Yeah, going home over the break. Uh, like you said, Jason, we saw each other, and it was just—it was just really nice to go home uh, and be back in the Sacramento area. Yeah, and uh, we—I mean, we had a—we had our group of buddies who uh, who came back. Um, I mean, we were all together. Uh, it was you, me, um, Ben, James, we saw Aaron and Josh, and um, you know, we were all—we were all back together. So that was nice because that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, we uh, did the—we uh, did a very stressful exercise of trying to get through an escape room together oh gosh we and actually was, we did something <laughs> we got through it though it was me and ben, so it was me you ben james and jenna mm-hmm. and me and ben because i think i don't know if james had been in an escape room i don't think he has but he had before that no the only two people who had done one was me and jenna yeah jenna like, and i so Ben and I were just standing there, like picking stuff up, and then looked at each other, <laughs> like we are so useless right now. And that was like <laughs> the first probably fifteen minutes of being in the escape room. Like James, Jenna, you were all finding stuff, and like, oh, here's a clue. And me and Ben are like, oh, okay, let's go check the the closet for uh, another time. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I mean, if you've done escape rooms before, you kind of start to. You can sort of see patterns and sort of know like what's going to work and what's not going to work. And the room that we decided to do was a was a, a multi room escape room, so it wasn't just one room. So you had to, you know, once you solved everything in that one room, what happened to us is that we we were technically in like a like a fake mine shaft thing. Oh, what do you mean fake? It was an abandoned mine shaft. Okay, yeah, it was an abandoned mine shaft. We were really in danger. <laughs> um, and uh, an earthquake started. Oh my gosh, it was stressful. Shut down. <laughs> yeah, so once once we got our uh, hanky janky elevator started, we had to put together a fuse box, um, and then uh, we were stuck in another mine tunnel for a little bit. Um, we had to deal with these stupid candles that wouldn't blow out. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> and then and then we it finally took us so long to do that that the the like overseer, the employer that was doing it, he had to give us a hint because he felt so bad that we were messing up. So these candles, we were supposed to blow them out, and they were we thought they were motion sense, like when you blow, they turn off, but they were actually volume. So every time no, it James... was. I talked to him. It was. It was the the only one that was noise sensitive was James's. That was it. Yeah, it was James's. So like he would blow it, and then he would talk immediately after, and it would mess everything up because you had to do them in like a certain order. So now, we were just stuck. Yeah, and I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it sound like we did horrible because in order to be on the leaderboard at uh, the escape room that we were at, you had to. You could only use two hints, and we only used two hints. 
Um, so we actually did and really well when we got dumb. out. Yeah, we actually got out in like 46-ish minutes um, instead of an hour. Your roommates are really loud. Go punch them in the face. Um, uh, there's nothing I can really do about that. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so we did really well, but that first room, the first room out of the three was the one we got stuck in the most because we were in there for probably – 20 minutes and then we kind of we got through that second room pretty quickly and that third room was kind of quick too except for the stupid rope thing at the end um but uh yeah it was a lot of fun i had not done that escape room i i love escape rooms now i've sort of gotten reintroduced to them because of where i work a bunch of my coworkers like to do escape rooms um we also went to top golf that was fun um it's always only, fun at top golf the dumb so here's my dumb little story about top golf they had we did this game where at Top Golf you can like, uh, you can simulate being on like a golf course. Well, there goes our Top Golf sponsorship. Yeah, well, you know what, Top Golf, <laughs> until, until you fix your motion sensor tracking thing, um, I guess, so it wasn't just me, but there were in the in the uh, in the game mode that we play, you click on it's like eighteen hole course, and then like a a virtual course shows up on the screen, and you know you just you hit like you normally do at Top Golf, and then it's supposed to track your ball where it goes, and then it's kind of like you're playing on a real course. Although it doesn't track every shot. It's like a hit and miss on which, um, which uh, one of the tracer technology actually registers with the golf ball. Um, well, you need, and, your shots need a certain height. I think so, yeah. Um, at least that's what it seemed like because James couldn't get his ball off the ground. And he was um, getting some nice stingers. Yeah, like they were going straight. They just weren't going very high. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I had one shot. Now, I'm a pretty good golfer. My lowest round has been an 85. I think I'm pretty good. I had this one shot that got tracked, which I didn't think was going to get tracked um, by, the, uh, by the tracer. That I, cause I, I totally shanked it, right? And on the virtual course, I shot it over an apartment complex into this field on the other side of an, apart- an apartment complex, almost next to – almost in a parking lot. And then my next shot, I actually got up – but on the virtual course, it bounced off a tree and then landed on, on an apartment complex, somebody's balcony. So my third shot was on somebody's front porch, according to the, um, uh, according to the tracer technology, which was actually kind of funny because, uh, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, the idea of, of taking a shot off a balcony was kind of fun. But I did bogey the hole. So, balcony, yep. thank you very my much. My dad found his calling in that game he was killing it i think he had oh yeah he was birdies yeah money money absolute money yeah it was a lot of fun um it was it was a good weekend it was a good uh good weekend it was a good break uh it was a good christmas break hope everybody had a great christmas hope you all had a great new year i was in bed at 10 30 on new year's i had to wake up the next morning at like six for work so um you're so old yeah, I know. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and speaking of a lot of fun, uh, see, Sam and I had this whole entire plan laid out for the show. And we're going to do this this giant special thing that we have for this show. Um, we're going to do a, a decades episode where we talk about the best NFL, NBA teams and franchises and players. And we have this whole decades thing lined up for everybody. So we're, we're really excited about this. And if you are listening, please stay tuned because it's going to be a, a really good episode. Um, and uh, what we were hoping was that wild card weekend. I'm going to go punch Bryson in the face. Oh, my God. You can hear him. <laughs> I can hear He's him. so loud. I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and 
what we were hoping was that wild card weekend was going to be exactly what we expected it to be. It was yeah, going to be win, Seahawks win, Patriots, Patriots win, win, Houston wins. All and good. then all of a sudden, none of that happened. It just a wild card weekend was like, all right, um, hold my beer. And then we, it was just like, it went absolutely crazy with That's all such these a games. Meme. Yeah, I know, but still, um, <laughs> I I hear it all the time at, 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 during Golic and Wingo. Yeah, and you I just, gotta move on. You gotta, those are old people. You gotta move on. Yeah, I know. So, um, so we're gonna talk about Wild Card Weekend probably a little bit more than we were going to initially because so much happened and it was so interesting and so compelling. And I think the uh, I think the stat line coming out of the weekend was it was I think the first time in NFL history that on Wild Card Weekend like all four games ended within one score. Um, and like, I think it was, or I think it was maybe since like 1971. And then like the first time that there were two overtime games, it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with, uh, we don't want to spend too much time on it because we have a bunch of decades stuff that we're going to do, but we'll talk a little bit about it. We'll go game by game. Um, the Texans bills game, Josh Allen looked really good in the first half. Really good. Really good. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he did. It looked like the moment got to him. It really did more than anything else. And I think it was the most evident, like example that I could, that I could think of the moment getting to him was when he did that inexplicable like lateral. Yeah. On the run. Uh huh. That was so weird. That was the weirdest play. And I think that more than anything showed that he just he got nervous at the end. I think the moment got to him. Well, it was his first playoff start. I mean, yeah. And it I don't blame sense. him, but yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't blame him or anything. It but. was just crazy how much that game flipped because it was all Buffalo for pretty much three quarters, and then all of a sudden Houston comes out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, it just comes alive. They're like they were like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. They just got zapped, and Deshaun Watson said, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna prove that I'm the best player on the field right now." Yeah, and you know who had a really big impact in that game? J.J. Watt. Yeah, he played really well coming back from injury. Yeah, he had a huge had a sack in that game. Good for um, him. And he was uh, he was all over Josh Allen at times. Good for um, him. It was it was awesome to see him back. And man, I know he they're not going to win, but gosh, it, he really deserves a Super Bowl, man. I I wish there was a way he could we could just like give him or make him earn a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't even like he deserves, he's one of those guys. He's such a nice deserves, man. Yeah, he's, he's, without meeting him. He just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. Probably one of the hardest workers, like documented hardest workers yeah. in pro like athletics. I've never heard one person say one negative thing about um, – what is that clicking? What is going on in your place, dude? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> what are the – what is going on? <laughs> All right. I think it's done. Can you still God. hear them? No. Uh, okay. Not in, we're good. Okay. All right. Cool. Gosh. Sorry, guys. Sam's apartment is going crazy right now. Um, it's syllabus week, so. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, J.J. Watt played really well. And, uh, gosh, if you were a Raider fan, you definitely had a flashback of that Deshaun Watson play at the end because he did this. He pretty much did the same thing he did against the Raiders um, earlier in the year when it looked like he was, like, 100% going to get sacked in the backfield. And then all of a sudden, he just finds a way to break free and throw a game-winning touchdown. It was – he was – amazing during the game um and, and they, you know they play who now oh who who are they going up against now yeah oh um i believe they're playing the chiefs yeah they're playing the chiefs 
That's a, yeah, I don't, that's a pretty good game, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, I still – I well, <laughs> they beat Kansas City already this year. They have beat Kansas City, so they do know how to do it, but – so we'll see. And J.J. Watt is supposed to be used a little bit more against the Chiefs. That was the report that was coming out, so he'll be playing a little bit more. Um I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, that game you I think you summed it up perfectly. That game completely flipped in the second half, like on a dime. Well, um, like I was I was at work, just getting updates on it, and it was like oh thirteen zero Buffalo, sixteen zero Buffalo. I'm like wow, this game is getting, it's going exactly like Buffalo would want. It's a low scoring game with defenses dictating who wins, yeah. and then all of a sudden Houston's offense woke up. Yeah, and speaking of waking up, uh, so did the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry accounted for 73% of the entire Tennessee Titans offense uh, in their win against the New England Patriots. 34 carries, 182 yards, 5.4 average, one touchdown. He also had one catch for 22 yards, so he had over 200 total yards by himself. And I'll tell you what, the Tennessee Titans next week play the Baltimore Ravens. Talk about a running clock for that game. For the amount of that game's going to be over in about six minutes. With the amount of running that Tennessee and Baltimore both want to do, um, and the thing that the thing that stuck out to me in that game was not necessarily Tom Brady, because we've known that Tom Brady has. Yeah, he's taken a step back. He's still good, and he was playing really well when he had. You know Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, but the truth is he doesn't have anybody to throw to. I mean that's just that's just the way that it is right now. But the thing that it is um, that stuck out to me was that New England Patriots defense all year. Everybody was saying, including us, they were by far in a way the best defense in the league. They were destroying teams, and the Tennessee Titans lined up and could have said, "Hey, we're going to run to the right," and it wouldn't have mattered because they were just running all over the Patriots. They held. They held. Tennessee to fourteen points. If you're a, if you're a defensive player and you twenty points, no, but that was the, they scored on a pick six. Well, true. Okay, I I thought you were saying at the end. Yeah. Defense can't can't stop someone from scoring on a pick six, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you were saying overall. So, so the defense did their job. If you're asking me, and if I don't think it's too much to ask a Tom Brady led offense, maybe it is this year to score more than 14 points. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like that's not too much to ask if I'm but, a defensive player. I don't know, but here's the thing that I would disagree with in the sense is you're saying that the defense did their job. Ryan Tannehill only threw 15 times. He only threw 15 times, so it's not like they were an aerial assault-type team. Like you, They were running every, virtually every play. And he only threw for 72 yards. So it's not like Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry beat the Patriots, and that offensive line beat the Patriots, not not Ryan Tannehill. And the fact that they couldn't make that adjustment at halftime, which I looked at my dad when I was watching that game, I was like, yeah, Derrick Henry's not going to run for anything in the second half. Bill's going to figure it out. They didn't. They just couldn't. That offensive line was getting such a good push. Um, And, yeah, Derrick Henry was able to – you know, make a couple runs that look like weren't going to go anywhere into something, but he had big, big lanes to run through. Why can't I find that game? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I was going to rebut it. 
but bowl real quick. Um, what do they not? They, do they just not have it? And the Titans play the Ravens next weekend, and I think we all believe that the Baltimore Ravens are going to win that game. Oh, they're easily going to win. Um, but it's going to be an interesting matchup, just in the sense that. Nope. Sorry. Well, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> I didn't say it was going <laughs> to. I think it'll be an inter- It has the potential to be an interesting game. I, if you were to, you know, put a gun to my head and say who's going to win, it's going to. I would say Baltimore in a heartbeat. But um, if if for whatever reason Baltimore can't stop the run, which I don't know why they wouldn't, because they've been able, they've. I mean, even if they can't stop the run, they've proven they can score, mm-hmm. which New England's uh, proven that they couldn't this year. So, so I I just want I just want to lay this on you, okay? Do it gently. Excluding that pick six, Bill Belichick's defense shut out the Tennessee Titans in the second half. If that's not making adjustments, I don't know what is. Okay, well, to Tennessee's credit, too, they also shut out New England as well. But you're t- you were talking about this the vaunted New England defense's inability to adjust. They, they adjusted. For sure, that's clear. They kept Tennessee out of the end zone for two quarters. Well, I guess I guess what I'm pointing to is the fact that Tennessee, the reason why they – yes, they didn't – I mean, yes, they're, I mean, yes, what you said <laughs> happened. But what I'm saying is that was – what was so drastic to me was that it seemed like everybody knew Tennessee was going to run. And while they couldn't capitalize on scoring, they pretty much did exactly what they wanted to do on offense, minus that scoring part, so, which is a huge thing. I get what you're saying. And it sounds dumb to say that it's not important, but... Um, did did Tennessee punt the ball in the second half? Uh, yeah. Did they have a 24-minute drive? Am I, am I missing something here? No, they punted it. So the Patriots' offense got the ball. They did. In the, in the second half. Does that not mean the defense did their job in that game by giving the offense an, an opportunity to take the lead? I think, if you, I think if you were to go into that locker room and ask the defense if they played well, they would tell you no. Oh, they just lost. Well, yes, they lost, but to your, what you're saying, they shut the team out in the second half. So they played well, according, I mean, according to what you're saying. And, yes, they only did allow 14 points. But if you go into that locker room, I guarantee you they're going to say, no, we didn't play well if you go, because we let Derrick Henry run all over us. If you go into the New England locker room when, when they lost against Philly, when Tom Brady threw for 500 yards, ask him how he played. Do you think he would have said he played well? No. I but, think that's way different. That, that's the same thing. I don't think so. Because 500. Both, both is, uh, I was going to say great, but they're both outstanding performances. If I'm a defense in the NFL and I hold another NFL team, a playoff team, to 14 points, I think I d- I've done my job. Their overall job, outside looking in, yes. They did well, but you go in and you look at the nitty-gritty, and they got tore up on the run game. What did you need them to do? Did you need them to score? I don't is know. That what, is that what we're asking defenses to do now, is score? 
I'm just saying that maybe if they don't allow Derrick Henry to run as much as they did, maybe Tennessee doesn't punt near midfield. Maybe they get better field position. Who knows? Maybe that sets up a Patriots drive for a field goal. I don't know. It was a big aspect of the game. Of course it is. But a bigger aspect is the inability of New England's offense to score. True. We're spending a lot of time on this, which we said we weren't going to do. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We, we need to move on. End of the Brady-Belichick Brady, uh, era, anyway. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so let's talk about the New Orleans Saints-Minnesota Vikings game. Um, mm-hmm. That was a push-off at the end. Letter of the law. That was a push-off. <laughs> right? Uh, okay. Letter of the law. That's a push-off. And you right, – I mean, do you disagree? Um, you you watch the replay and you <sighs> see the DB's head literally whip back from getting pushed. It was a push off. I mean, if they're not, if they didn't call the uh, the Fred Warner holding in the Seattle game, then I don't think they're they were going to call that one. Is a push off. I I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much clearer it can be. It can be clearer. I don't think so. It is the letter of the law is if a if a wide if a wide receiver fully extends, uh-huh. then it's a push off. And he clearly fully extended. And if you watch the defensive back's head, it actually in slow motion whips backwards because of how he got pushed. Oh, they're actually not gonna show me the play right there. Oh my gosh. Now here's the thing. Whether or not it should have gotten to that point is a completely different story, but it was at that point and if you're I mean, I think it was a push off. Um and uh I was listening to a bunch of ESPN coverage this morning and virtually everybody that I listened to was that saying that was saying, yeah, it was a push off. Even ex referees were saying, yeah, it was a push off, but in that instance like it's it's a hard thing to to overrule, but that's why they made the rule in the first place from last year with the Saints, ironically. Um, Could they not have challenged that? No, they couldn't have challenged it's an, it. but Because it's an overturn. But that was one of those plays that they could have reviewed and overturned, and New York elected not to do it because they let the referee make the call on the field. So they could have looked at it, and they could have overturned it, but they didn't. So... That's that's the thing where it's like, well, why have the rule if you're not going to use it unless – because then it becomes subjective. Well, what I look at, because I was just re-watching it, first off, it didn't look that egregious to me. And the DB doesn't even make, like, a case for it. And to me, that's actually really telling when you look at controversial calls, like how much the other team is arguing because they truly believe, like, they're in the right. I think the difference between it being egregious and clear are two different things. I think last year's hit was egregious. I think this is clear, but not a play where you would like. But aren't they both hand fighting? They are, but there's a difference because, like I said, like letter of the law, it's a push off. Now, exactly what you said, it's not egregious. Wait. But couldn't that also have been defensive holding on that DB? I don't think so. At which part? He's has both hands on Kyle Rudolph and makes no effort to look at the ball. Does he have both hands on him or is he grabbing him? He's grabbing him and holding on to him as they're running. 
and then Rudolph pushes away to get separation? <laughs> well, if he's see, here's the thing: if he's in that five yard limit, then I'm not sure. That's that's but that's it, where the, we get to the <laughs> that's where we get to the we're not we don't know that part of that rule because there is a it's five like, yard limit. It's like do two do two wrongs make a right? Does does a offensive pass interference right the ship of a defensive holding? I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. I don't know. And honestly, looking back at it, when you it's such a bang bang play, and unless it's egregious, you don't call it. So I'm not saying the referees. I, I'm not saying the referees made the wrong call at the. He's uh, right there, though. Yeah, I know he's right there, and I'm like I'm not saying that like on the field, you call it, but in New York, when you take a second look at it, I mean, if you have the rule, it's it seems pretty clear. It doesn't seem clear enough on the field necessarily. It doesn't seem egregious on the field to call it. But in the review in New York, it would I, I was surprised it didn't get overturned. You kinda get you right. kinda get what I'm saying? No, I'm to, I totally get you. I could see it both ways. Yeah. Um I just think both players are in that gray area of Right, which is why probably the flag wasn't the play. Thrown. Yeah, which I, I I don't know why. Like I'm a young dude, I'm only twenty years old, but I feel like I have such an old school view of sports. No, I, I feel, the whistle I feel that. and ref- referees should not decide games. No, to me, should. if if you're playing in the backyard and someone pushes off on you like that and they score, that's a touchdown. I'm not going to sit there and whine about it. They scored over me, and I feel like that simplicity of sports is really like the beauty the the reason why people fell in love with it. Now there's all of this. Oh, is there going to be a flag on that play? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that's what muddles it all up. Yeah. I just like guys playing and getting rewarded for making a play, not looking to get bailed out by a flag. Yeah. And here's, here's the final word that I'll, that I'll put on least on my opinion is that on the field, because both players are, are hand fighting and whatnot, that's not a call that the referee makes. And that's completely understandable. But the fact that the rule last year was put into place to look at plays like this and and potentially overturn, I feel like when you look at that replay in slow motion, the push off is clear. So now you bring up now you bring up the question: Well, if you have the rule and you're not going to implement it, now whoever's in charge of making that call in New York, it now becomes that person's opinion and not a rule book type thing. And there yeah. and there you turn it into a gray area sort of like. It could be completely different on any given day because that person could have a different opinion. And I think the person in charge of it was like Al Riveron, I think. Um, oh, he's so bad. Yeah. He's getting lit up this year. Yes. And I think he's in charge in New York of making that call. So if you, like I said, you put that rule in for instances like this, and then Al, for... and then Al Riveron <laughs> says, no, I'm going to leave it up to the referees on the field. Well, it's like, dude, then why have the rule in the first place? Because then for... it's an opinion thing. <laughs> Especially. A New Orleans Saints. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, out of any team in the NFL, the Saints. Like, you have to go to replay. Even if you say, even if you come back, oh, there's not enough contact. The fact that you didn't go to replay is at least explainable. Yeah. And but they not. Yeah, they didn't. (laughs) Oh, it's bad, NFL. You got it. You can't keep doing the Saints like this. That's a it's because it it starts to look really bad. 
it looks really it looks like they're out to get Sean Payton because he was so vocal about it. Yeah, I mean that's what it I mean I'm sure that's not what's happening, but from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. It's just a bad look. Uh, I'm not sure that's not what's what's happening. <laughs> it's a bad look. Because now All right, what was the what was the other game? Yeah, it's just an opinion thing. And then the Seahawks Eagles game, the the storyline Snooze. Yeah, snooze, but the storyline coming out of that game is Carson Wentz getting hurt. Um, and I know, poor dude, oh, man. And I don't want to hear anybody saying Carson Wentz is injury prone. Getting hit in the back of the head on a play like that has nothing to do with being injury prone. Was that dirty? Uh, I don't know. I it was. It's a bang bang play and slow motion. Yes, it looks bad, but I, I don't know. Why was Jadavion Clowney diving head first? Yeah, that's exactly. Wentz. That's the part where it's like he said he was finishing the play, and maybe in the moment he thought that I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's weird. I don't know. I I didn't really have a problem with it. I didn't think it looked too bad. I actually never saw it real speed. I only saw it slow motion. And in slow motion, it looks really bad because it looks clear yeah. that Carson Wentz was heading to the ground like, you know, two hours before Jadavion Clowney even went after him. But um, I feel like if that hit is in high school, there's a flag for a late hit, especially on a quarterback. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, oh, man, it's just – and you got to feel feel for Carson Wentz. That Philadelphia Eagles team, when he went down, probably the worst playoff team I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, they're just – Boston Scott, man. <laughs> and he was he was making if, – if there's still doubters about Carson Wentz, you got to stop. The dude was making that roster a playoff team. Yeah. And we can we can joke about oh well the NFC least and whatever, but they were competing with Seattle, and the way Seattle played against that Philadelphia Eagles defense, that game would have been really interesting if Carson Wentz was still in there. So I'm just I'm watching. I finally saw the play real time. I have it right. Yeah, I'm watching it right I now. I have it in front of me, and what it looks like is that Jadavion actually I think he leaps or is in the process of leaping. While Carson is still up, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it, it's slow motion, it looks dirty. Real time, it doesn't. I don't. No, it doesn't look dirty. It's it's a really great. It's it, it's kind of a gray area play. Like I think, I think you can make the argument that it was dirty, but then I also could easily see a rebuttal for that because I feel I like feel he's like... finishing the play. I, I feel like Jadavian Clowney and defensive linemen are told if you see the quarterback outside the pocket, you need to put a hit on them. Yeah, and he is a runner at that point. Oh, for sure. That is – that's the only time that you can hit a quarterback. Yeah. And to me, it looked like he had enough time to say, oh, Carson Wentz is first going down. Second, it's not going to be a first down. Third, my teammate is right there. I can just go tap Carson Wentz. Or if Carson Wentz gets up, I will tackle him. But two, I feel like he was they were preached the whole week, you need to hit this guy. Yeah. You need to hit this guy. Like we need to knock him out of the game. I think that's what was going through Jadamon's Kalani's head at that point. But not in a dirty way. Knock him out of the game. No, 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 no. Like part of the game. Part of the game. Like you wanna get a big sack or something like that. Just to mess with Carson Wentz's head. I don't think any player – well, I don't want to say that. But 
hopefully no player wants to wish injury upon another player. Yeah, and I knew what you were saying. I just wanted to make sure that we don't have any uh, listeners who was like, oh, is he suggesting that they go hit somebody dirty? That's not what Sam's saying. No, it's not bounty game. Yeah. Like that. But but to be – like this is a, an ultra-physical violent sport. Very much you so. you got to have that – it's like going into a boxing match. You can't be friends with the guy you're going into a boxing match. You need to have the intent to kill. So like yeah yeah like basketball and soccer are contact sports football is a collision sport there's a huge difference between the two there is a huge difference um, by far and if you're not if you're telling me that the D linemen were sitting in film watching plays of Philly and their coaches weren't preaching oh you need to hit him here you need to put him on his back right here Clowney we're you're freaking a specimen in the NFL. You need to get by th- this O line and put him on his butt mm-hmm. the whole week, and they had that intent that they had that mentality throughout the game. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I mean, it was it was a crazy game. It was a cra- at least in the sense of like it just it wasn't what people were expecting. Not the fact that it was like the super exciting game, but crazy in the sense that I don't nobody expected Carson Wentz to get hurt like that and have that game transpire the way that it did. I didn't expect it to be that close. No, <laughs> no, but th- Seattle did not play very well. No. And, but that's just kind of what Seattle does. It seems like, it seems like they just, they just win close games. they never seem to blow out anybody. They're just, they just kind of win. <laughs> very true. Yeah. I, like they never seem to, you never look at the score and go, Oh wow. Seattle beat them by like 30. They, it's like, Oh wow. Seattle beat the Bengals by like two. <laughs> they play to the level of their opponent, no matter who their opponent is. It could be the Ravens or it could be Cincinnati and they will play to that level. It certainly seems like it, but they always, but they normally seem to win in those games, which is why they're 12. They're just so they're so experienced because they have Russell Wilson. Like he is such a game changer. This the fact that they have Russell Wilson and the other team doesn't. Yeah. So this, so check this out. So here are their, uh, their wins. One point, two points, their loss, six points. Their win, 17. Win, one point. Win, four points. Win, seven points. Win, six. Win, three. Win, eight. Win, seven. 14. Six. Eight. So they're not beating anybody by a bunch. And by the way, um, their first win of the season was to the uh, – Bengals by one point, and then following the Steelers by two points. <laughs> so, yeah, they, you're, you're right. They do play to the level of their competition, which is scary for them, and it's scary for their competition. It's scary for Green Bay. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be completely different. <laughs> you better turn the ball over five times, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because Russell might match you a little bit. But he he <laughs> actually is the one consistent part of that team. Um, um He didn't play – that well 18 for 30 325 yards one touchdown he threw for a lot uh but he had a couple he big a, he to DK. yeah big chunk plays um Whew. man is he gonna be uh, a stud he already is but still all right so we spent a lot of time on the wild card weekend which is i mean we always say oh my gosh we did yeah which is what we say we're never gonna do and we always do but that means we left an hour for the decades part which is exactly what we wanted to do we wanted to have a lot of time to talk about this um, and we, yeah, just to peel the uh, curtain back a little bit, I think we said like 20 minutes 
we are going to talk about Wild Card Weekend. But let's let's. I mean, we did talk about uh, Christmas break and whatnot for a good ten minutes. So I think, yeah, yeah. yeah so. No, no. I I think it was a good, a, a very valuable conversation for sure. And we hope you all enjoyed it because we're done with it now. So, um, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna do uh, something that we had planned on doing. Um, uh, once the once the turn of the decade happened, we're gonna go back. Um, from 2010 to the end of 2019, um, and we're going to talk about the uh, best teams, best franchises. Uh, we'll make the delineation between the two because there is a difference. Um, some of the best moments, some of the best players, and we're really going to highlight the fact that we had an absolutely phenomenal uh, ten, uh, past 10 years in sports because it, it, there were some great moments um, and some really memorable plays, some great teams. Um, so, I mean, we just started with the NFL, um, so I, I guess we, we should probably just – uh, start with it now since we're already kind of on it. Yeah, does that seem valid? Yeah. All right. I don't know how you want to – when do you want to do the best overall teams? We can do that at, at the very yeah, end. Yeah, we can do that at the end. Okay. Um, so let's start with the NFL and let's do the best uh, – you want to go franchise or team? Uh, franchise, I think we probably have the same. Okay, so here's the thing. The difference – and I'll, I'll say this now. The difference between team and a franchise, franchise is taking into account the entire 10 years. Team is taking into account one single season. So I'm just going to make yeah. that, that delineation now so there's no confusion going forward. Um, so the best franchise in the NFL over the past uh, decade, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, New England Patriots, that was mine. Yeah, if you don't say Patriots, then you're just a hater. Yeah, I, I, and you're not respecting greatness. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how in the world – uh, you would say anything, anything else. You got any uh, crazy stats on the Patriots right now over their past decade? Because I know you did a lot of research on this. Um, so they won, they won three Super Bowls, which was the most of the decade, and then they made it um, four straight years. And I think it was no from two thousand two thousand. Oh gosh, I'm fluffing it. But they made the playoffs every single year. They won their division every single year of the decade. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Won the most Super Bowls of the decade. And from and not including this last season, they had the best record. So here here was the stat. This was at the beginning. This was um uh posted in June. So this was before this season. Um in the decade of two, and this is coming from uh, Pro Football Talk, uh, NBC. So, in the decade of 2010 to 2018, the Patriots are 129 and 37, a winning percentage of 777. If the New England Patriots would have gone three and 13 during this current 2019 NFL season, they still would have had the best winning percentage of any NFL team in any decade. So, well, I think right there. It just kind of sums it up, and if you're, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I'm a Patriots hater, just in the sense that like you just get tired of it always being them. But you got to respect what they did because we're. I don't think we're ever going to see a run like that again. No, we. Oh man, I don't think we like. It was the perfect storm. Maybe the best quarterback we've ever seen mm-hmm. with the best coach we've ever seen in consistently consistently consistence oh my god <laughs> in maybe the worst division year to year 
we've ever seen. It was just the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. And not only did they not only did they win the three Super Bowls, but they got to a bunch as well. They were always there. They got to what is Tom, did they get to five in a row? I think Brady's been to like ten. He's or nine. Yeah, but within this decade, they won three before the decade started. Right, it's just crazy though. To think about, I mean, from 2010 to to this year, there was never a playoffs or a preseason where you were like, "Oh, we're it's you know, we're not going to talk about the Patriots." Because they were always in the conversation. They were always there. <laughs> um, so I I don't think there's any any doubt that it was the New England Patriots. And if you have I mean, obviously if you have any argument with that, then let us know, but I I don't I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can, can say anything else. If, let me ask you this. If it wasn't the Patriots, who's number two? So they went to five Super Bowls during the decade. Sorry, I just needed to look at that. Yeah. Um, oh, because it's, it's really a big drop-off. It is. Um, because now you start looking. You can't honestly look at the decade for a team. Because nobody stayed that consistent, you kind of have to look at you kind of have to look at the runs. I'm thinking. I think I'd give it to. Jeez, this is hard. I would. I'd I was leaning towards to, Seattle. I was just. Oh my gosh. Because from 2013 to still now, I think they've made the playoffs every single year. Yeah, we're going to talk about that 2013 Seattle team because <laughs> we'll get to that later. But I. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I. I think you got to go they, from there. They made two Super Bowls. Yeah, and they won the one. The only other team would be Denver, kind of. I. I don't know because they had a couple stinker years. Like it was. It was only a four. Year, it was literally. You know, just while Peyton Manning. Was actually, there. you know who? Uh, Kansas City. Now that you can't put a team that won the Super that didn't win a Super Bowl well, didn't even make a Super. Well, Bowl. here's the thing, though, in terms of being consistent you know i mean i mean they were always they always they've been good for a really long time i put green bay ahead of them green bay is a good one green bay is actually a really good one it has to be seattle seattle for me would get the nod because they were dominant for uh, i guess a three-year stretch which is the only thing (laughs) is the closest thing to what new england's done (laughs) Um, and you can't say the Saints because they had a couple. No. They now while they had really good seasons, they had some stinkers. They had though. some really bad ones as well. They had the, the lowest of of like if there's four potential franchises, so, they would probably have the lowest. So players. actually, here's the thing: I found I found a list. It's on. Uh, I found a list right here. Um, he's, this is from, uh, an NFL, uh, an NFL writer. So I actually have, um, the team's winning percentages from 2010 to the beginning to before this season started. Okay. So one, two, three, who do you think number two is? Uh, probably Kansas I'm City. actually surprised we didn't think of this because, uh, uh, Kansas City is number seven. Really? Kansas City's number seven. It feels like they've gotten double-digit wins like every year. Yeah. I'll give you another guess at who number two is. I'm surprised we didn't think of them because this actually was now that I'm now that I'm seeing it in front of me, it's kind of an obvious 
one. It's an AFC uh, team. Is it Pittsburgh? It's Pittsburgh. No, they're no, 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 definitely not. So here's well, I'm not saying that they were the best. I'm saying the winning percentage. So New England from 2010 to the B to the end of 2018. So before this season, they were uh, 113 and, and 31 according to this, which is. A little bit of a different number than the last one, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who to <laughs> kind of kind of makes you. Uh, I don't know which source. I don't know things. which source to trust. Um, Bottom line, they were good. Yeah, they were. They really, won a lot of games. Pittsburgh lost, was number two. Lost a few. Pittsburgh was number two, but not not close. Green Bay was number three, and then Seattle was four, and New Orleans was five. Baltimore was actually six. Okay. Kansas City was seven, Denver's eight, Atlanta was nine, Philly was ten. Because you think, what, um, 20, 2014 and on, I think Kansas City's had double-digit wins every single year, mm-hmm. it seems like, once they got Alex Smith and then now that they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's weird. That surprises me. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, but I, I still, I, I don't know. Pittsburgh, while they were always, I mean, they won a Super Bowl this decade. They did not. Oh no, they won it. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, <laughs> of, I'm thinking of the Atlantic when they, yeah, my bad. Um, yeah, totally over my head. Um, but, uh, they, I mean, they were always, they always seem to be in the playoffs, but in terms of, you know, accomplishments and whatnot, I feel like you have to lean towards Seattle in that sense. Yeah. Um, We're in a grand. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, that is our best franchise of the decade, the New England Patriots. Um, And I don't think uh, that's even close. So now is where we're going to get into um, best team, probably the opinion, more opinionated part of it, because I feel like the first one was, was obvious, like we've said a hundred times, but uh, so uh, Sam, you can go first. No, no, you go first. Me go first. Um, yeah, I went first last Okay, time. so it really comes down to, uh, for me, it came down to two teams. Uh, okay. The 2016 New England Patriots, uh, when they went 14-2 and two and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, against Atlanta? They, yeah, they had a top three offense and a top three defense. Okay. Um, and they, uh, they outscored their opponents by the fifth highest margin um, of this decade. Um, okay. But uh, but actually, for me, and I think I'm going to lean towards this way because because of they had one side of the ball that was just almost unlike anything we had ever seen, and I nothing we didn't. The closest thing that we got to it after that was um, was a Denver team. Uh, oh my gosh! If you okay, say it. I I think because they won the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And because they were first in overall defense that year, first in points allowed, second in point differential, they were scoring 26 points a game. Just say the team. I think Jason. I'm going to have to go with the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. Jason? <laughs> the, wait, wait, wait. 2013, 2013, 14. When they, season, beat, right? when they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl 43-8. to eight. So... So I got some more facts about them because they are also my best team. Oh, dude, we went the same. <laughs> because they had a 13-3 and record. And the biggest thing to me was who they beat. They beat not once, but twice 
a really good 12 and 4 San Francisco 49ers team. Disclaimer. This- just hang on. So I'm so sorry. Disclaimer to everybody. Yeah, we did not know each other's picks we did before it. this show. And I'm, I'm actually really mad because this is the team that I did the most freaking research Yeah, in. go ahead. <sighs> Jason, you just ruined the whole go show. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> they beat the 11-5 and five Saints twice that year, and they beat the second-seeded Panthers at the beginning of the year. They had Marshawn Lynch at his prime, running 1,200 yards with 12 touchdowns. They had the eighth-ranked offense with the first-ranked defense, who some consider might be the best all time. The Legion of Boom was something else. They defeated a MVP Peyton Manning-led first-ranked offense by 43-8. to That game was laughable. (laughs) Peyton Manning that year set the all-time record with 55 touchdowns. And they held that team to eight points. Mm-hmm. That game was over after Denver's center threw it over Peyton Manning's head. That was it. It was done. Mm-hmm. That team, it was on another planet from every other team in the NFL. Yeah, and I got some more numbers for you. So the Seahawks held 16 of their 19 opponents that season, including the playoffs to 20 points or less, and opposing quarterbacks managed a combined passer rating of 63.4 in the regular season, which is easily the lowest mark of the decade. Um, and now uh, you go, you, you talk about, you know, that best defense that year and the best offense that year they met in the Super Bowl. And at one point, oh, it, was bad. it was 36 to zero <laughs> at one point. <laughs> 36 to 0. One of the least entertaining Super Bowls. It was so Because the game was over. And I don't... You look back at the decade, and you look back at the teams who are in that conversation with the... I mean, even the Panthers team, who went 15 and 1. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. But they didn't win. No, they didn't win, yeah. But they were good. They were a great team. Oh, they were great. Um... This stupid list that I'm looking at has the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles as number three, and I don't agree with that at all. Um, they were good, but I, I don't know. Um, the again, the the Patriots from 16, the 13 Denver Broncos, which we talked about, who got thunked by the um, by the um, uh, Seahawks. There, where are they on the list? Oh, so on is it on does it rank them? on this guy's list? At least on this uh, on NFL.com, um, yeah. by this dude, he has him as yeah. fifth. So, fifth, Seahawks beat, according to some, the fifth best team of the decade. They beat them by forty-three to eight. Well, not only that, and on this list, this other list that I went to, uh, they have the Denver Broncos as number three, but they have the two thousand sixteen New England Patriots as number one, and Seattle as number two, which you, I don't see, which that. you and I don't agree with. Um, and no, I just think because Seattle dominated, just everyone. I mean, yeah, they lost three games, but there's fluky games anyway. Yeah, and there was a like there was a fifteen and one two thousand eleven Green Bay Packers team. Um, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but that team was really good that year. Um, and man, I just I, you you put them up against any team in the decade. And I think the team of, the, of this 2019-2020 year, 
most likely is going to end up being the 49ers or the Ravens. Um, you, I think you put that 2013 Seattle team out there against anybody this year. Uh-huh. I think they, I think they crush them just because of the defense. And and the offense was so good that year too. I don't. I mean, they were such a good, well-rounded team. Um, and it's obviously it's hard to compare. Um, they had one of the best cornerbacking performances we've seen that year with Richard Sherman. He was getting compared to Darrell Revis. And Deion Sanders. Yeah, and anytime you get compared to those guys. <laughs> Two of the best at their positions. <clears throat> and the dude was locking people up. Like, whoever it was, Julio Jones, Michael Crabtree, sadly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just locked people up. And you got Earl Thomas in his prime and Cam Chancellor in his prime, who's one of probably the best strong safeties of all time. And you got Bobby Wagner playing at an all-time high level. And you had... I think they still had Michael Bennett on that team, on the D-line as well. Oh, my gosh, that team is insane. They were so good. They were so good. Um, and I'm sure there's teams we're, we're not mentioning. Um, and That's because that's they're trash. Yeah, well, yeah, it's because they're trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's what's fun about being a fan's podcast. <laughs> um, like none of the Bears teams of this decade. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to be happy about that. Um, yeah, probably not. That's okay. okay, best player. Uh, best player, uh, Tom Brady. I think. Yep. I mean, you. As much as I would love to say, as much as I would love to say, Drew Brees. As much as I would love to say, because Drew Brees has got the most yards during the decade, um, has the most touchdowns during the decade, has the best completion percentage. Um, he, I mean, every notable record. Drew's got it. And by the way, the fact that he was left off the NFL 100 team was a complete and utter travesty. I do not understand that at all. How many quarterbacks did they take? I think 10. Wow. And the fact that the dude who's got every single major record, it was not there, plus the Super Bowl, it was it was dumb. I, I, I cannot... I mean, he did just lose in the wild card round to Minnesota. He lost to Kirk Cousins. Here's the thing, though. They made the list before the freaking game was even played. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you my honorable mentions because I also had Tom Brady, right? I, yeah, I think it should be Tom. As much as I would love to give it to Drew, Tom's got, Tom won the three Super Bowls. I... Right. And he had so much playoff success. We already went through. We've already given Seattle and New England their due. Yeah. I think we've, we've caked them up enough. Peyton Manning. Yes. Honorable mention. Guy that gets left off for so many people. Calvin Johnson. Megatron. Mm-hmm. Are we joking? That guy was a freak. Yo, what about Shady? McCoy? Yeah. He's got the most no. rushing yards of the decade. I don't I don't care. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> and the most touchdowns, watch. by the way. Okay. Just. You done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> JJ Watt. Yeah. Aaron Donald. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Probably. Those are my honorable mentions. Okay, again, the fact that Drew Brees is not on that list is a travesty. It just proves what I'm saying. He's so underrated. I don't... But is he? he's not better than Brady or Manning. Uh, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> He's not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I Drew's. You know, Drew's my guy. I've I'm, I'm been a very prominent Drew Brees fan my entire life, so it's hard to put away my um, personal love for that for that guy. But uh, he does not get the love he deserves. Um, if you're gonna say he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, fine. That's you know what, I can honestly be totally fine with that argument. He's in the top five for sure. So he beat Peyton Manning. He did in the first Super Bowl of this decade. He did, and then for the next nine years, we don't see Drew Brees. Yet we see Peyton win one. And we see Tom in five. And Peyton was in two. Where's Drew Brees that whole time? Here's the thing. One of those one of those uh, Peyton Manning Super Bowls, you got to remember, his defense was the reason he got there. And now that's the thing about Drew. Was he not a starting quarterback? He was a starting quarterback, but we so all did he know. did not do enough to win? We all know. Well, he didn't do enough to win. <laughs> well. They won the whole thing. Yeah, I know, but still. Um <laughs> Drew has not had the luxury of having the defenses that Peyton Manning and we know Tom Brady has had because the Patriots have always had a top 10 defense. They're always, they always have a phenomenal defense as well. That's not to say Tom against Philadelphia. That's not to say Tom Brady didn't (laughs) do his part in bringing them there because he clearly did, but you can't kind of sounded like you were saying that. No, 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 no. But you can't, (laughs) but you can't take away the fact that Drew Brees also, didn't have the team around him that Brady had and and uh, and Peyton had, um, and judging judging quarterbacks off of just their win total as a as an overall way to. Um, I mean, I wasn't judging. I didn't bring up a win total. I, I was just talking about where they were, where they finished in the playoffs over the decade. That's what we're, we're judging them on the, the decade. But that's a that's another way of saying of that's another way of saying win though because you have to win to get to the playoffs. So I we're I mean we're So he's not a winner. We're getting into the minutia of, of the whole thing and um uh but uh I mean, we're going I don't think Tom Brady didn't miss the playoffs and I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning didn't miss the playoffs. I know the Colts did when he broke his neck and came back. Yeah, when he like died. <laughs> but they never Denver didn't miss it, and I'm pretty sure Indianapolis didn't miss it. So it that's kind of telling that there were years where New Orleans was average. And I'll give you this. That roster around him was bad, and he made that team look average. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But there, we just – you can't leave that spots out. True, but we like can't make was, that the end-all, be-all either. But we're talking about – like, what really is the difference between Brady, Manning, and Breeze? Like, we're talking about very small differences between their legacies. Every player is great. All three of them are great. But we're talking about things that differentiate them. Yeah. Um, and that'll be, that'll be something that we can do in a Thunderdome one day. <laughs> who, was, who was better, Breeze, Brady, or Manning? Um well, Breeze is the worst out of the three of those, but okay. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so we'll uh, it'll be something that we uh, we can talk about later. So we're gonna shift over to the NBA now. Um, mm-hmm. So we're gonna go. Uh, we'll start with the best uh, best franchise. Um, 
and uh, you can uh, you can go there. Another easy one. Uh, Golden State. If you went San Antonio, I'm gonna be really mad. <laughs> <laughs> um. See, here's here's the thing. Oh gosh, here's the thing. Um, Jason, here's the thing. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what you are judging your franchise off of, because if you want um, to look at the beginning of the decade, they were trash for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, they were trash. Okay, they were horrible. It took them Fuck. a while. <laughs> What three years before they were even good? <laughs> you know who was good the entire <laughs> decade? No, and won a championship. No, the San Antonio Spurs. No. So I gotta know what you're basing this off of because best team for me is gonna f- probably fall because I still am up in the air about that to the Golden State Warriors but the best franchise because they've been the most consistent in the entire decade was the San Antonio Spurs so the Golden State Warriors made the playoffs at least six of the ten years that's that's pretty good right? ten for ten okay settle down over there <laughs> Golden State made one, two, three, four, five NBA Finals okay. in that time. The San Antonio Spurs made a measly two. Okay. That means there is eight years where the San Antonio Spurs did nothing and made the playoffs. Oh, yay, whipped you do. While the Golden State Warriors were ruling the NBA world. For the majority of the decade. Does that not make them the best best franchise? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And maybe there's a part of me that picked this because I knew you didn't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And that does go into it because I knew you weren't. And I needed to make a case for this team because um, now you can't deny Golden State. Why does Google not want to show me? Decades stand. I don't. They're impossible to find. I can't. This is stupid. Um, can I change the season? Oh, thank you. Gosh, man. <laughs> Golly, that was ridiculous. Okay. So, yeah, the Spurs made the uh, the playoffs every single year, and I know they only won one championship. I get it. I get it. But let's go back to. Um, where the Golden State Warriors were in 2010 and 2011. Why? Because it includes the entire decade. Well, how about we include the six years that they made the playoffs and the five years they were in the finals? They were terrible. Let's go back even farther. (laughs) I mean, even more. 23 and 43 in 2011, 2012. Nowhere near the playoffs. They were measly. And then you got them um, finally making the playoffs, but not doing anything in uh, 2012 and 2013. Yeah, just like the Spurs in eight years. Yeah. Eight and ten years, they were doing nothing. Uh And it wasn't until 2014 and 2015 Uh that they decided. So it was 2014, which they decided to be good. And then this year, 
It's just a decision. This year, <laughs> they're absolutely terrible. Oh my good. <laughs> so it's really where's only, San a, it's really wait, well, where's San Antonio this year? <laughs> Above them in the standings. Fifteen and twenty. Number eight in the No, no. So no, let's just let's just go back that. and let's really see. It's really only been about a five year span. Oh yeah. That they were good. So so what's the span for the Spurs? Two years then? Well ten, because they made the playoffs. So, so you just discounted the times that Golden State made the playoffs. I didn't discount the times that they made the playoffs. What year was the first year that they made the playoffs? 2014, 2015, it looks like. Uh, 2014. No, 2013, 2014. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that is six years that they made the playoffs. Uh, let's see. One, two, three. Wait, whoops. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, you are correct. But last time I checked, right. but last time I checked, ten is bigger than six, so I don't. But you're judging it. The San Antonio Spurs, if they make the playoffs as the seventh seed, which they did last year, is that really a success? Well, I don't know. You just said that the that them making that the Golden State Warriors making it in at you know. All right. How about this? Five years the Golden State Warriors made the NBA championship. That's how I'm judging success. But there's a difference between a run and a decade. It's five years. That's the biggest run of any team. But it's the biggest run in the. They're not. I I know, dude. I just. I can't. (laughs) I can't. They haven't. They just haven't done what the Spurs have done for the entire decade. You're right. They've done way more. No, just in terms of... They've won three times as many championships as the Spurs have in this decade. You're right, but are you going to base it just off of just off of championships? So, Jason, I'm going to ask you, who's your MLB franchise? Oh, dude, I don't know. I didn't decide. I you didn't do it. No, I have. I I was. I mean, I looked at it, and I was like, you know, I could give my pick. I could have swore you at the Giants as it. Well, I would have. Here's the thing. I just would have defaulted to that because I just I know. I mean, I I don't I don't really know anything about the MLB or their history, so I feel like it would be dumb for me to even give my two cents on that. So why would why would you pick the Giants? Why would I pick them? Why was why was that your why was that your first inclination? Well, because and, of well, the very first thing you look at is championships, but that's not oh, the oh, but that's not the end all no. be all. But it is the most important thing, right? You're right, and the Spurs did win. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. Oh my gosh. No, there's a difference because there's because the reason why there's a difference is because there's two separate categories. There's championship and then there's consistency. And the, while the Warriors had a five year well well, I guess five years more because it was a five year championship run. They did make the playoffs on that six year. They had a five year consistency run in the um doing that. But the Spurs had a decade run of that plus a championship. This while the Golden State Warriors have three championships, they don't have that decade run. So it's really what your whole it's really comes down to obviously an opinion segment on which one you value more. Okay, so you're saying consistency of making the playoffs 
is important, yet Golden State made it consistently for a six-year stretch and were the most consistent team at making the NBA Finals. I guess, you know what it comes that down to? Consistent. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to simple math. Ten? Oh, oh the difference between ten to six is four, and the difference in championships is two. So, so the math on that side just checks out. <laughs> so It's simple. So I just ended is, the conversation. All you got to do is make the playoffs now, and I guess you're the best team of the decade. I didn't, is that how it is? I didn't say that. I, no, you all you made... got to do is squeak in as the eighth seed. Oh, I guess the Orlando Magic might be the best team of the decade. The Orlando no, no, Magic. The the Detroit Pistons. The Orlando right? Magic did not finish atop of their division at any point throughout the entire decade at all. And let's oh, go gosh. back to 2010-2011. Oh, yeah, they were number one. Oh, yeah, let's go back. Oh, and they were number uh, one as well in 2011-2012. In the division? Uh, no, no, in the West. Like Who? in the entire Western Conference, the Spurs. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, and then they were number two in 2012 and 2013, oh, and then 2013. Oh, they, look at that. They were number one again. So that's three out of four uh, to start the decade. Wow. Wait, go, go back. Wow, that's crazy. Go, go even farther. Keep, keep reading for me. Okay, what? <laughs> keep, keep going with San Antonio. Where they finish throughout this decade? 14 and 15. So let's see. San Antonio, they were 6, 55, and 27. Oof. Oof. Six? Yeah. And now, go, just... now Golden State started to be one. Oh, interesting. Oh, then they were one again. But that was the first time. Wait, wait, wait. What year was that? 2014? Jason, can you please tell me that's the fourth year of the decade, correct? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that Golden State was more relevant, as you just described, for six years of that decade when San Antonio was only relevant for four of those years? Does that... Not mean that Golden State had a majority of this decade being well, relevant. See, that's what you're. That's what you're. Now you're saying that relevance means that they were number one. Relevance well, doesn't mean no, you being number one. I'm going off of your definition because you discounted Golden State's mm-hmm. making the playoffs as the what sixth seed. I didn't discount it. You said number. I no. What I said was that they <laughs> made the playoffs six out of the ten years. You said they made the championship. All I I literally just did I literally did that stupid math joke <laughs> ten seconds ago when I said ten to six I didn't discount that I I'm aware of that but now you're saying that in order to be relevant you have to be number one and that's not true well you just finished saying that Golden State was just becoming what a contender is that what, is that the word you use they I'm just find the word they were just starting to become what they turned into. At what year? 2014. Oh, interesting. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. 2014, which was uh, the earlier half of the decade, which means that they were what we know them to be as one of the most dominant teams in the NBA for the majority of the decade. I just Thank, want you. To Thank la- you for sorting that out for me. I just want you to know that the San Antonio Spurs never finished um, – uh, anywhere below eight during this year, and the Golden State Warriors right now, and um, for well, first of all, right now they're at the for bottom. This year? Now just listen, right this now, twenty twenty. Yeah, but it was twenty nineteen as well. <laughs> they're at the bottom of the Western Conference, oh and in two thousand ten and two thousand eleven, they were twelfth, 
By the way, you want to know who was right next to them? The Sacramento Kings! <laughs> <laughs> if that gives you any context to how bad they were. And then, oh yeah, they were 13th in 2011, in 2012. So they kind of stunk there too. You want, to inter- you want to talk about, use your word, relevancy. They weren't relevant at all. So, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So San Antonio is relevant this year? They may- they're uh, They're winning the championship? Relevancy does not mean you're going to win the championship. You're you keep you get stuck. Your definition of relevancy is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed like three times. What's your definition? What's my definition? Yeah. My definition is the um, relevancy of this next topic is becoming um, what we need to talk about. I, that was very appealing. Yeah. Very appealing right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's move on to best team. Uh, best. Oh, best NBA player. Best. Uh, why not team? Oh, we didn't do team. My bad. No, that's my bad. We just we're talking so long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go. You go now. Uh, twenty seventeen Golden State Warriors. Uh, the 2017? Yeah. Uh, the, when they beat Cavs and they went sixteen and one in the playoffs. Yes. The only other team that I could make an argument for is the two thousand. So you went with them too. I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, the only other team that I can make a, a make a case for is the 2012-2013 Miami Heat. The Ray Allen shot one. Uh, yeah, where they won, they went on a 27 game win streak and had 66 wins, uh, which was and the 26 game win streak was like the second longest in NBA history. Yeah, uh, that team was really good. They were really, really good. Yeah. They were really the only other ones who I could sort of make a, I don't know, a case for, I guess. Okay. Um, this list has Cleveland, the 2015-2016 team is number three. That makes sense. And then they have the 2017-2018 Warriors is four, 14-15 as five, Toronto as six. Who's who's number one? Is it the Golden State team? Yeah, the twenty six, twenty seventeen. Okay. Um. So, we just, who's your best player? Did we just say down three? Uh, yeah, I think so. One, two, three. LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's easy. Um, and I uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think there's much question there. Um, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, it's Kevin Durant. No, it's not. It's it's not. Yeah, just shut up. It's, Sit down, Josh. It's not. Shut up. <laughs> shut up about it. I don't want to hear Steph Curry. It, yeah. No. no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And as much as I love uh, Kawhi Leonard, like, it's not. It's LeBron it's, James. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's LeBron James. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't have any other way of putting it for you. <laughs> so should we just skip the MLB? Because we don't care about it. Unless you want, unless you, I mean, because I know you did some research on it. So if you want to give so, some of our baseball listeners, whoever they gonna, are. I'm just going to tell you what my picks were mm-hmm. and you can just react to them. Oh, okay. Um for best franchise I went with the Giants because they won the most uh championships and it's it's not even I think Boston has two but they went I mean, four times and won three, right? No, they went three. And won three times. Oh, oh, they had four division t- they had Wait a minute. Cuz I t- a picture actually oh they had four playoff appearances yeah three world series titles that's yeah. what it was that's right 
But there's just like no like you talk about the consistency of the San Antonio Spurs making the playoffs every single year yeah. of the decade. There's just not that in baseball. No. So like that run that they went on was the biggest of the decade and it was the most successful, so you gotta give it to them. Right. I think I mean that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I went with best team, individual team. I thought the 2016 Chicago Cubs was the best team of the decade. I would have given it to one of the Dodgers teams, but they were trash and couldn't. <laughs> couldn't. What about that? What about that crazy Royals team that went on a run? Nah. I mean, they I don't. The Mets. Like that's not. I know, but I'm just I'm just throwing out teams that I remember. No, nah, they're they're nothing. Um, and none of the none of the Giants teams then. I wouldn't because. What made those runs so special was because they were never a favorite. Like you never looked looked at that team and was like, "Oh man, that is like outstanding team." They just played as a team and played like everyone overperformed and overachieved. That's what made that those teams so special. But the the Cubs from top to bottom was loaded. They had uh, Chris Bryant who won MVP that year. They had Anthony Rizzo, who's a perennial all-star. They had Ben Zobris, who was World Series MVP that year. They had John Lester at that point. They had Jake Arrieta, who I think won Cy Young that year. Or he was a finalist for Cy Young, at least. They had, um, I think they had Aroldis Chapman that year as well, who was one of the best closers of this decade. They beat a really good Cleveland Indians team. And they went through. They went through the Dodgers. They went through the Cardinals. Like that team was legit. Mm-hmm. Then no Boston's team. Then because I know you mentioned Boston. Um, I was also thinking the Astros team that beat uh, L.A. Oh, that's right. That team was. Whew. But no, no, not that uh, J.D. Martinez, Mookie <clears throat> Betts, Boston team. No, right. Um, and then for best player, you got to give it to Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> that's where I was gonna go. Yeah, I don't. I mean, even somebody who doesn't play—I mean, play—pay close attention or play—pay close attention to baseball. Um, I know enough about baseball. I mean, I played baseball for a little while, and I know enough about it to watch a game and and understand what's going on um, and understand most of the strategy that's going on. Not all of it, of course, um, but even from a guy who doesn't pay attention to it, I feel like Mike Trout just even as a casual viewer, is somebody who you go, yeah, that, totally, 100%. Yeah. I don't think there's much debate either. Um, so <clears throat> here was also the thing, and one thing we didn't include was college um, because we were sticking to professional uh, teams as well. I just want to make a quick note about college. Um, I think if there was a team that I would put in for college – um, obviously, the first team, probably for a lot of people, would that would come to mind would be Alabama um, for football. Uh-huh. Uh, but I honestly think um, UConn that, women's basketball. Yes, a hundred percent. I it has. I think it's definitely them oh, in yeah. college. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ten Final Four appearances, five national titles, and then they had that like what three thousand game winning streak or something <laughs> like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was in triple digits. I don't know where it ended, but I know it was in triple digits. Uh, was it? Was it like a hundred and? Oh gosh, now I want to know. Um, was it three seasons worth? I think so. Um, what was it? It was. 
Oh, it wasn't triple. It was 71 games. Whew. 71 games. I thought it was in the triple digits. Regardless, it almost doesn't even matter. Um, at least that one. Oh, gosh. They went on two streaks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they're getting I'm better, finding, like, better. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm finding a bunch of different streaks. That, I, okay, it was triple digits. I was right. It was 100. They went on, like, four different runs. Um, they had a 71, a 96. But, yeah, it was 126 games. Wow. 126. I don't even think I played 126 games throughout my four years of high school basketball. I've even played 126 FIFA games. <laughs> 126 games. Wow. I just looked up their runs, and yeah, the first one that came up was 71. Then I saw one that said 96, and boom, it 126. I God, I knew it was triple digits. Um, yeah, 126 games. That, that's insane. Um. So I think it was definitely the the UConn women's team uh, for college. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't think there's much debate on that either. Um, you could throw in Alabama, sure. Um, I mean, for anybody or, who hates uh, Alabama, Kentucky, even for men's basketball. Yeah, and uh, for those Alabama haters out there, which there are plenty, you can throw in Clemson if you want. I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. I don't. What about um, Oregon? Uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, but it's like making uh, U.S. Women's National Team soccer. Yeah, so that's what we were gonna uh, talk about in terms of best, just overall team in every sport. Um, oh, the uh, oops. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best. I kind of forgot we were doing that. Overall team in every sport. My uh, my my first thought went straight to uh, to to the women's national team for sure. At least that's where I jumped to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's where you jumped to, but 13 and 0 world cup record and two world cup titles. I mean, that's, I mean, they're playing against the world and they were just so, so good. So good. They, they were, they were, init- they were who I would give my nod to as the best, um, like team overall from the decade, just in terms of, um, and that's one of those things too. And I actually, I'm I'm not using the the right verbiage. I'm the best overall franchise of the decade. I'm sorry, um, not the best overall team of the decade, but the best overall franchise of the decade. Um, they they are who I give my nod to. Yeah. Are, are we in agreement on that? Yeah, I I'd like to give a a, a shout out to um, Barcelona over okay. in uh, in Spain. Dominates La Liga every year. They finish first or second, I think, every single year. Uh, they won it one, two, three, four, five, six times in the decade. Mm-hmm. No, seven times. Seven times in the decade, they won the Spanish league series, and then they won. The Champions League, which is the biggest um, like tournament that uh, mm. in in world soccer, um, well outside of the World Cup, but um, Champions League. I just give it to them uh, when you're talking about consistency uh, and just dominating for an entire decade in a sport mm-hmm. that has so many big clubs and great players, they 
they just were so consistent with Messi, who was um, could be one of our top athletes of the decade. Right. Uh, and yeah, so we can roll right into that um, in terms of who we think are the. I think we sort of settled because I, I mean there were just been so many great athletes over the decade. I think I think we should just sort of throw out names who we think could could fall in that aspect. And I know that Sam and I, especially with the amount of love that we've given to tennis on this show, um, Roger Federer, um, Novak Djokovic, yeah. um, Nadal. Uh, we, I mean, we have gone into huge depth um, on those guys on this show. Probably and too much. Just, <laughs> probably, well, at least for, at least for a show that uh, gets, gets the type of audience we do. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, they are doing things in their sport that no team, not even the Patriots in football right now, over the decade, did or do. They just, it's those three guys and everybody else. And the thing about them, too, is that you could make the argument for them in this decade and the previous decade as well. <laughs> A little bit. I think Roger yeah. definitely wins in the 2000s, for sure. Hands yeah. down. I think it's more closer to Nadal and Djokovic for me for this decade because they've won more majors more recently in this, mm. in this decade. Like Rogers tailed off a little bit. And then Serena Williams as well. Yeah. She's just, it's her and then everyone else. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how, it's funny how the top athletes were the first, like at least with us, the first people we jumped to were tennis people. Well, I, I mean, I thought of um, Michael Phelps, for sure. Um, and then Usain Bolt. Yes. Um, but it's just tough because they only participate exactly in the deck. It's really unfair to judge yeah. them in that in that light. Right. Um, who else is that? <clears throat> I mean, I mentioned Messi. You got to give LeBron a nod, mm-hmm. uh, Brady a nod. Um. No golfers, really, though, because you would think of Tiger, but Tiger had su- uh, that's such a big gap. Yeah, you, you would say Brooks has had the most success, but it was only two years. Exactly. It's not a – he couldn't be a best athlete for the decade. Maybe you say <sighs> Rory's been really good for a long time, but – No. But he hasn't really been, like, the winner that even Brooks is yeah. won. Um, More. Than he has in this decade. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's, it's tough. It's, I mean, you jump to tennis because there there are those those figures that have just dominated and won so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what I would. Are we leaving out? I mean, we haven't mentioned hockey. I don't know any hockey players. So Sidney Crosby. Sidney <laughs> Crosby. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Sidney <laughs> Crosby. Uh, and I know there was oh gosh, there's a um there was a, a hockey team um wait, wait, who wait, showed wait, up wait. on this. We are missing a guy. Joey Chestnut. Okay. Oh gosh, you know what? <laughs> Doesn't that throw a wrinkle into it? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> because while most people wouldn't consider that uh oh, the hockey team that I was thinking of was the Chicago Blackhawks. They won three, um, right? Eight playoff appearances and three Stanley Cups. Yeah. So there was them too. That's, oof. 
I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, that's pretty dominant. That's three champ. Yeah, that's three. That's three championships in a in a decade, and and they only missed the playoff twice. So, um, and that's not even telling me how many times they went to the uh, uh, finals and and lost because I don't I don't have that stat, and I don't even know if that happened. But uh, yeah, the Blackhawks as well. Um, so yeah, there was that hockey team, and um, I think we've pretty much hit all of our bases. For uh, a phase, phase clan. Oh, for those of you, best best uh, team in esports. For those of you who don't know who Joey Chestnut is, yeah. Joey Chestnut is um, <laughs> basically he eats hot dogs really fast. Oh, he doesn't um, just eat hot dogs. He's a professional eater. Like he eats pizza and pie. True, but true, but he's known for the the hot dog. He dominates that... the sport at, like as a whole. Bro, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. <laughs> it's crazy. You know who we should talk about is the cornhole guys that we watched when you were here. Yeah, but I can't name them. I can't. I can't I oh my gosh, that guy just sunk everything. <laughs> if you play cornhole and you haven't watched cornhole on ESPN, it's not like they it's broadcasted a lot. But anytime that you get a chance to turn it on for a second, just peek at it for five minutes and watch those guys because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and it's actually really entertaining. <laughs> um, not as much. I mean, I didn't expect it to be as entertaining as it was, but they get really into it. Yeah. Um, which, which makes it fun. Um, I think episode 32, this episode right now. Yeah. Is the most entertaining episode we've done from top to bottom. Well, it's not over yet. Well, yeah, but still. So I got a best play. Jason, do you have a best play? For those of you, we just hit our. We're pretty much going to hit our hour and a half mark. Yeah, we're going to head to two hours. This is a special episode. Yeah, sorry about it. This is a special episode because it is the most entertaining and most important episode we've done probably ever. And we took twenty minutes talking about the Spurs and Golden State Warriors, all because Jason wanted. But that's to make why a conversation. Shut up! It was a good conversation. <laughs> you could have easily just gone to Golden State, and we would have been fine. Whatever. What? Why? Why do that? <laughs> So, best play for me. Jason, I'm going to play play the sound of it. All right, cool. Let's do Just it. Just listen to it. Quiz And me. when it's over. Um, oh, man. I, 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 that actually won't do work. I, have to na- I don't have to name the year. I, just tell me when to stop and then say you know what it is, okay? okay. But don't name it. I don't want to ruin okay. that, okay? All right. I think I know what uh, game that was just based on that last name. I hope so. Yeah. Can you tell me what play that is? I can't. T- I mean, I, obviously that was a pop fly, um, but uh, that was a, that was a Giants um, World Series. No, it wasn't a World Series. I was but it was the Giants. Gregor I Blanco, believe. which is yeah. an outfielder for the San Francisco Giants in the seventh inning, makes a diving catch at the warning track in Triples Alley to save Matt Cain's perfect game. Every time I oh, watch that, I get chills, and I'm very biased because I'm a Giants fan. So that that is the play 
that whenever I hear the audio of or look at it, it's like, oh my gosh, I just I, I'm like put right in there or right back right. there, and that for me was the best play of this decade for baseball for everything for for everything <laughs> <laughs> for, for everything hey uh, are are you serious well it's just because it's got the i have the emotional ties to it and i feel like it's under like it never gets talked about and it is such a like a good play like if you take the the fact that it was it a playoff game no it saved a perfect game the only perfect game in Giants history. Okay, whatever. What's, what's your best play, Jason? Huh? Oh, the Odell pit catch? No. <laughs> First of all, I don't have a best play. So I, have, um, um, I have some favorite moments as well. But I can, I know that, I know I can think of a, a couple um, that Ray Allen shot resonates with everybody. That's one of my uh, favorite sports moments the LeBron block that's another one Beast Quake no I don't care about that for crying shut up <laughs> what do I care you about that 49er fan that happens hater. every Sunday but you're biased <laughs> <laughs> um, that's okay I'm biased you just to I proved that like this last week it's okay I'm biased to do reasons and the, oh my gosh uh, and the uh, uh, Spurs so it's okay um Beastquake resonates with me, obviously. Um, Why? Oh, because you're a Seattle I, fan. Cause I, That's right. No, because I no, because I just said it. <laughs> uh, Why does it resonate with you? Are you a Seattle fan? Because it, no, <laughs> I'm a Marshawn Lynch fan. Oh my gosh, you're he like was a, a Raider fan of there. Every player, dude, he was a Raider. What do you want me to like say? A minute <laughs> for a season. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Once a Raider, always a Raider. I have, do you remember the 49ers Saints wild card game? Where uh, yeah, Vernon roughly. Davis catches the game winner from Alex Smith? Oh, yeah, a little bit. That yeah. was one of my favorite sports moments. What about the onside kick at the beginning of half? At the beginning of the half from New Orleans in that Super Bowl game? What's, that Super Bowl was so long ago. I don't even remember it. I have. Um, mm-hmm. What about New Orleans just winning the Super Bowl after Katrina? Oh, gosh. I was about to say I don't care about that, which would have looked so bad. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. With the emotion that went into that season. Well, you, I mean, LeBron winning for Cleveland, I think, is a bigger moment than what New Orleans <laughs> win. Like, a sports moment. LeBron I winning. I completely it. disagree with that. Well, if you ask people, it's definitely not even, bigger. Not even, not even from a New Orleans bias, but them winning the Super Bowl after Katrina like that, and what that meant to that city after that devastating hurricane. There's no way that LeBron winning that title oh, you're for Cleveland a lot of comes into even. That. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's the best way to get people to go through your argument. Cleveland goes through the equivalency of a Hurricane Katrina every year. It's Cleveland. There is no equivalency (laughs) to Hurricane Katrina. And the fact that you made that comparison. It was a joke. It was (laughs) fascist. You know that nothing comes close to that. 
Hurricane uh-huh. Oscar Harvey. I don't know. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about them winning. I'm not talking about the hurricane. Bro. I'm talking about the impact afterward that they had when they won. I'm just telling you, man. You'd be surprised. Ask people. I bet the Cleveland one's bigger. That's no. a, probably a bigger feel feel good story. Oh, Cle- oh, LeBron. A bigger feel LeBron good story. Came back I- and won for. He, he said, "Oh, Cleveland, this is for you." That was oh, oh that was a way bigger moment than yeah, the world whatever. Whatever. Drew Brees being carried by Sean Payton. Yeah, whatever. Um, and I had um, opening night of the Golden One Center. Oh, for us, yeah, for sure, for sure. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nobody, nobody outside of Sacramento, or nobody, no Sacramento, non-Sacramento Kings fan is going to even care about that. Oh, no. But we do. No, that was, that yeah. was one of my favorite sports moments. And then, but guess what? You tuned into our show, so you're going to listen to our opinion, and uh, that's one of our opinions. So and I got back um, off. Tiger Woods come back in the Masters. That was awesome. That was a great, uh, great moment for sports. Do you think that or the him winning the Tour Championship was bigger? I'm going to say that. Tiger Woods winning that was better than LeBron James winning um, the title for Cleveland. Is, he, is Tiger Woods better than Katrina? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare anything fall, to Katrina. Wait, wait, wait. Is the fall of Tiger Woods bigger than the fall of the, New, the city of New Orleans because of Hurricane Katrina? No, that's, a, no way. <laughs> that's a hard debate, Jason. There's not a hard debate. We saw a mugshot of the man. His wife and kids left him. Took half his money. Oh man! Well, Katrina took half the I really, city. So. I really hope there's like not Hurricane Katrina listen, like survivors <laughs> listening to this. Well, I, I really hope there's nobody very, who's taking him seriously. Joking. Of course, <laughs> I, I hope nobody's taking you seriously. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Tiger Tiger winning the Masters was a great one as well. I think that was the best. What a great year. What a year. Well, yeah, what a great year. But what a great um, decade of sports moments. I mean, I mean, I've said it. I said it at the very beginning of the show. You know, sports brings people together in a way that literally nothing else can. Um, and it's, it's, there are so many great things about sports that have nothing to do with sports. And we've talked about plenty of those on the show. Um, we have. Yeah. yeah, name one. Name one. I told you my one of the very first things we did on this show. I told you what one of my favorite sports traditions is, and it's that college um, Iowa that uh, Iowa college team um, who turns at the beginning of each game uh, to that children's hospital that overlooks um, the football field, and they do that wave um, to the children. Yeah, I totally forgot uh, you, the... you said anything about that. Yeah. Uh huh. So bite me. Um, Where? Mm... <laughs> In my let's in go, my Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> so let's go toes. Oh, you gotta just because gotta I foot thing? No, I just think it'd be wow. gross for you to like bite somebody's toe. Like where would be the weird so, where, where would be the gr- That wouldn't be gross like, without for you? Get, no, but like let's get in let's let's not do anything like obvious like Yeah yeah. You yeah, know. yeah. But like where would be the nastiest place to bite somebody other than the obvious place? I would hate it for someone to bite me. Like on my tooth, like somehow, somehow, if they got their jaw 
into my mouth and was biting my top teeth. That oh, that's was just weird to think. Yeah, about. yeah, it's weird. <laughs> You've thought about that before. No, I just thought about it. Well, okay. So one of the things I like hate the most is when you're going in to kiss someone and your uh-huh. teeth hit. Oh, it just, uh, it just makes me shake, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, a few times, but it doesn't, like, make me, uh, like, uh, quiver. Uh, it, like, it like makes me want to stop and just be like, no, we're done. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I don't care where this was leading. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care where we were going with this. I'm done. <laughs> See ya. Um, yeah, but besides, like, the obvious places, I don't know. I Armpit? I don't know. That's why. That's why I said toe. Like I feel like that's just gross um, for both people. For both people involved, I feel like that's just nasty. Um, the back of my knee. I feel like armpit is worse. You really think so? Yeah, because there's hair in some people's armpits. It's like, uh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> See, you don't want like, the hair like floss in your teeth or anything like that. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I just <laughs> grossest thing. I was cleaning out my uh, shower train today. Oh, gross. I think I'm, like, losing my hair because there was so much hair down there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I was taking out wads, like, five-inch wads of hair. Well, when was the last time Jenna visited? When was the last – because I'm not saying that's all her, but, I mean, when she – I'm sure – No, it was dark hair. Oh, okay. Like, it was, it was definitely my hair. Because I was say, if you haven't done that in a while, then – I. Um, this could probably be really gross, but that was the first time I cleaned out my drain in the year and a half that I've lived here now. Well, then, yes, <laughs> some of, that's some of that's hers, too. Yeah, well, that's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know, I think the toe, but that, okay, the, that two thing picks? is weird. Oh, god, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, is that a thing we yeah, have I to guess, do? I, I mean, I guess we could. I, I guess I technically won the season, but I. Oh, you didn't give me the last week. Couldn't I have tied it up? Well, the last record we had was with George, and I was eight and six at that time. I didn't. I didn't win the George. I don't know. George I don't week. even know if. I don't even know if I. Oh, I do still have the paper. Oh my gosh. It's right here. You guys stayed for the hour and 40 minutes that we've been talking. You're in for a treat. Oh, I still have it. Oh, gosh. What, did, what was what it? Week, what week was that? Um, <laughs> it was week 16. It was week 16. Because the Steelers were playing the Jets. Okay, so you and me. Um, okay, oh, you won, you won game one. Oh, man. <laughs> Colts, Panthers. Okay, I won game two. Oh. Uh, oh, let's see. What did we go? We went different on the Raiders and the Chargers. Oh, I won that game. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, George went different on that. Okay. So you and I were, where did we differ? Lions and Denver. Let's see. What? Lions. Oh, Denver won. You won that game. Okay, let's see. Now we got the Eagles and the Cowboys. All right, so, okay, so we're 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> We're two two going into game five. I took Dallas. Yeah, oh, I kind of hate myself now. And then I took the Packers over the Vikings. I won, so nine six me. That sucks. 
Well, well how would we? We couldn't have settled it because there's no way we could have made picks for week 17. No. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Thanks. I mean, thank I guess you if you want to do picks, I thank you. I guess uh, that uh that makes up for me getting destroyed in fantasy. So, <laughs> um, it it doesn't. I guess actually, I no, not really. Um, I guess we can make picks for the divisional round. Well, who do you, who do you think is gonna win? Uh, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, and then that Seahawks-Packers game is the biggest toss-up for me. Uh, I think Green Bay wins. I would give it to them just because they're at home, but I feel they're both like they're both te- they're similar in the sense that they haven't been like I don't know they've both been really good, but they both had some really like clunker of games, you know? Yeah. So I guess I'll just give it to Green Bay just because they're at home. But based on what we had last week, <laughs> it'd be better if you're on the road. So, <laughs> Should, what, what do you think the Niners Vikings game will turn out to be? You think it's going to be defensive, defensive heavy game? It's going to be close. Um, I think if the Niners score first, it's not going to be close. I think if the night the Niners are going to be best suited if they get the ball first and they score first because I think Minnesota what they want what they want to force Minnesota into doing throw the ball they want they want Minnesota to be yeah they want <laughs> Minnesota to become desperate and the best way to do that is to get a quick lead um, so I think San Francisco needs to jump out quick um, if they're up by you know seven then I don't think that's going to change anything for Minnesota's um, game plan. Even if they're up by 10, they get up by two scores, depending on how late it is in the game. I think they're going to throw them out of the rhythm. Um, I think part of the reason why Kirk Cousins played so well is because Dalvin Cook played so well. So if you take him out of the game, then you're going to force Kirk Cousins into obvious passing situations. Um, And it's not like Kirk Cousins is a scrub or anything, but, um, you know, any quarterback is going to benefit from a, a run game being as dominant as uh, Minnesota's was last weekend. So I think for San Francisco, they need to get out to a lead quick. They need to get out to a pretty good lead quick. Um, and they need to just hold it uh, at least till the third or fourth quarter. So they force Minnesota in a passing situation. So that's just sort of my opinion. All right. Um, and then I – yeah, that's just me. Do you see any way that – Huh, so, this is a good sign for the Niners. Their defense this year ranks second in rush yards allowed. Oh, nice. And you would say by <laughs> New Orleans was fourth, I think. Really? I think, I think that was the number. They were fourth. They had, oh, oh, yeah, their stat was they hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher, I think, in like 40-something games. Mm-hmm. They had hundred yard games, like yeah, a team combined. had combined over, yeah. but then they hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in like forty something games, and that was broken. Oh, it was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in like the first half, I, I just because New Orleans was playing, they only had one week to prepare. San Francisco has had two weeks. To prepare, I know they weren't necessarily allowed to prepare just for Minnesota, but you got to think that that they did spend time 
mm-hmm. on looking at Minnesota and what they do. They, they've had extra time. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be fresh, I think. And it's at home. You know, San Francisco has to do what Minnesota did to New Orleans. They got to get to Kirk Cousins. You know, they got to get to him quick. You don't think they can? Um, no, I'm not saying they can. <laughs> they're well equipped to do that. Uh, because if if the run game is going to succeed tomorrow, not tomorrow, this weekend for Minnesota, then in the situations where Kirk Cousins does drop back to pass, they're going to need to get to him because that that run game is going to open up play action. Um, so that that defensive line is going to be huge. Yeah, you better huge. Better double team Stephon Diggs. They the Forty ers win that game if they win the battle up front. I think it's as simple as that. They win right. the game if they control the line. How do you see uh, Niners offense playing against that Vikings defense? Well, I see you look at San Francisco's offense, and the what you can look at is you can say um, there are times when they haven't put up a, a bunch of points, but then there were times where they went toe to toe with New Orleans in the regular season and put up forty eight points. Um, and then you go, you know, to the Niners last week and how prevalent their offense looked. Um, looked real good. Two weeks ago, sorry. Um, and the uh, <laughs> their offense is going to be fine if George Kittle uh, can get free. Kittle's Kittle's the guy on offense. That that team that t- that team goes where George Kittle goes. Honestly, it seems like when zone. he's playing. Yeah, it seems like when he's playing. Um, and if they double Kittle, then it's going to leave people open on the outside. And let's not discount the fact that Jimmy G's been on a phenomenal streak. Well, thank you for saying that, Jason. <laughs> he has been, dude. He's been playing really, really well. Um, so as, mel- as well as George Kittle and all the love he's getting in the 49ers defense and, uh, and you know, everything about that 49ers team, they're big, they're fast, they're physical. Well, <laughs> they're also winning because – of Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, not just my heart, not just yeah, not just because you know they have a great team, but he's really, really good really, right now. Really good, yeah. So at least as of right now, and at the beginning of the season, he wasn't playing like this, but towards the end of the season, yeah, he turned it on, and he's been playing really, really well. So yeah, what's the most intriguing matchup besides Green Bay, Seattle? Because I think that's. The Minnesota, San Francisco, on my mind. Oh, really? Do you think that's the closest one? I think so, because I think the Chiefs, their defense got hot at the end of the season at the right time. Um, Very true. And if their defense plays really, I know Houston. Houston's like Houston's sneaky. They're like I feel like that's they're like Dallas. If Dallas could figure it out to win a couple more games, yeah, I feel like they're. I, I that's the best word I can think for them. Like they just. You go, oh, no, you know what? Like, yeah, the Bills should probably beat the Texans. Well, they did it. And you go, oh, well, the Chiefs, you know, should probably beat Houston. Well, guess what? They did it this year. Um, And there were plenty of games where Houston, you know, like, I don't know. I felt like they should have won and didn't, and then they shouldn't have won, and then they did. And they're a team that you don't – you can't really pin down on. So if they have a really hot game, then maybe, but – I feel like Kansas City's just. I, I hope Kansas City wins. I kind of do too because I because I Baltimore Kansas City's going to look real good. Yeah, that'll be fun. That I think I think if you're a network, you want Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, Seattle. Yep. 
for sure. That's who you, that's who you, you want the tree cool. <laughs> Yeah, you, you want yeah you need round three between those two teams yeah um, and that's what I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Chiefs Ravens Niners Packers it just feels wrong Not, I'm sorry Niners Seahawks I'm sorry and as a Niner fan there's a part of me that says oh I definitely want to see Green Bay because I think that'd be the easier matchup but as a sports fan it feels like the season would be cheated if we didn't see the NFC decided by those two teams because they're so close and uh, they've just been playing so well and they've been playing each other so well and I'm a Niner fan and if they go on to win this the Super Bowl I want them to beat the best teams that they've that they come up against just to stack well, up their resume I gotta believe that as a 49ers fan you want to beat the Seahawks more than you want to beat the Packers well it's not that of course, I'd want, I, want to, I want them to beat either team. I just think it would be easier to beat Green Bay. Well, yeah, I know, but it would, I'm sure it would, looking back at it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that felt like. Uh, I'd want them I feel to like... dominate Seattle. Like, leave no questions asked. Right. Who was the better and team. And that's, that's the difference. Because they haven't done opinion. that yet. Yeah. I don't think they would if they play. I think it'd be another close game. I think it, it would There's, trend more towards, I think, San Francisco winning comfortably. Well, there's been no inclination that that's uh, the case because they've gone toe-to-toe each time. The first game was split even. I think that's the the closest we've seen two teams play, right? Well, that second game was close too. But it was But San Francisco dominated most of the game, and then Seattle came back to make it close. Yeah, but right? still, so if, they came back. If if we take that same logic, like San Francisco improved more than Seattle did from the first time they played into the second time, correct? Yes. So if we go that same trajectory, San Francisco is going to win more comfortably the third time. Which, I mean, there's no guarantee in that. But that's just, you that's would just think. how I think. Yeah, you would think. Um, I don't know. Who do you think is going to win this week? And... Um, I think I was I was just rapid fire. Always, real I quick. was all the same. Niners. Uh, I think I went with Packers, uh, Chiefs, and Ravens. And uh, quick thing, what do you think about Mike McCarthy? That's a now? weird pickup. I didn't really think so because he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't bring anything new to the table for that Dallas team. He brings a winning record. Now I know he had Aaron Rodgers, but. He does bring experience, and he does bring a winning record. Um, I honestly think the the two the two best hires so far mm-hmm. has been Ron Rivera, Washington, yeah, in Washington, and then Jack Del Rio in Washington as the defensive, oh, he's the coordinator. defensive coordinator. Yes, good for him. I think those two guys together is really cool. Now they're going to be. That's what Washington needs is some stability, discipline, just to get on the right track. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Washington's going to all of a sudden be like 12 and 4. No. But they do have two guys who are proven coaches in both of those areas. And Ron Rivera, you knew, was going to get a head coaching job the second he was released, which still is weird that he was released in the first place. Dallas should have gotten him. Yeah, you, yeah <laughs> that would have made that would have seemed to make the most sense. But um, yeah, Washington got to him first. So 
Uh, but yeah, I really liked when I heard that Jack Del Rio was joining with Ron Rivera. I was like, "Ooh, that's really good. That's really cool." You like Del Rio, don't you? I do. I do. He had some good years with Oakland. He did. He did. Um, he was a little... Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, never mind. I he I got nothing against Jack at all. Nothing at all. Was there any other uh, new hires? Um, tell you what, I wish the Raiders would have fired their defensive coordinator and picked up uh, <laughs> Del, Rio, Del Rio again. That would have been great. Why would he do that? Though? No reason at he all. Went, but... Go back there. Yeah, no reason at all. I'm just saying. Ownership. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't really think of anything major right now. Tell you what, an offseason of free agent, free agent quarterbacks. So Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees. Um, Tom Brady, Mariota, um, Winston, just to name a few Rivers. guys, are going to be Rivers, yeah. And then you got Tua coming out. You got Joe Burrows coming out. You got Justin Herbert coming out. Well, it's going to be the year of the quarterbacks. <laughs> There's going to be some uh, spots filled. Who? What teams, off the top of your head, need quarterbacks? <clears throat> uh, are we talking about like? Because I, I want to say Tampa, but they don't. Who's in? They have who's going to be I, in the market for a quarterback this summer? Who's going to be in the market for a quarterback? Um, the Dolphins. Yeah. Cincinnati. Potentially. <laughs> poten- yeah. <laughs> potentially. Potentially the Chargers. Yeah. If Big Ben's not healthy, Steelers. Ooh, that's, I've actually not heard that one. I think. Well, that's from a lot that's. Of I, yeah. If Big Ben's not healthy, that's the thing. We don't know what because Ben had talked about retiring like a couple years ago, yeah. and I we don't know where his head is fully. So let's just say Big Ben's like, oh, you know what? I I don't really want to, I don't really want to uh, to play anymore. Mm-hmm. That becomes a really attractive job yeah. for a quarterback. So Steelers potentially. Um, I actually like. I that think move. right. <laughs> I feel I feel like. Tennessee sort of solidified with Ryan Tannehill. You know who? Um, you know who should get drafted to Pittsburgh? Who? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. They should draft him and make him their Lamar Jackson. That would be cool. That honestly should. That'd be fun. Jalen Hurts in in uh, Pittsburgh. That'd be fun. I'd be they, in on that. Wholeheart. Hey Pittsburgh, you're welcome. Your offseason is sorted. We just solved everything for you. You heard it here first. If that happens, you definitely heard it here first. Do you think <laughs> Titans are settled with Tannehill? He seems like a gap quarterback. Did you know that since Tannehill has been playing, the Tennessee Titans in the red zone have scored have been the most prolific red zone team and have scored 26 of their 30 times they've been in the red zone? Been averaging 30 points since he started? But it's just one year, man. Yeah, is it? But that's the thing. Is it one year? We don't know. <laughs> Are they going to give them that second year? Like we don't. It it really depends on them. It doesn't matter what we think. It depends on if they think he is a franchise quarterback, because this is the year that they need to capitalize on. If they think not, they need to go out and get one. Oh yeah, for Indianapolis. Sure. Yes, I was going to say that too. Yeah, I was just getting to that division, Indianapolis. Maybe Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville definitely. Because Nick Foles got hurt, and I mean Gardner Minshew did play well, they but I'm not sure. Nick Foles. Yeah, they benched him, so <laughs> they're definitely in the market. Is, 
Is Gardner Mishu your guy? Probably not. Could you survive with him next year? Yeah, but do you want that to be your long-term solution? No. Um, let's see. Uh, New York thinks they have their guy. Mm-hmm. Redskins think they have kind their guy. Of. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Philadelphia um, should actually look into another quarterback. You want to talk about the division who's got the most set with their quarterbacks is the NFC West with Jimmy, Russ, Goff, and um, Kyler. Freak, yeah, with Kyler. That, I think that division is probably more set than anybody else in terms of their quarterback. For at least like the next five years. Yeah. Um, let's see. Green Bay is good. Minnesota is good. The Bears. Sorry, I was looking at the NFC North. Bears might be in the market. Definitely. 